got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Suit that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Welcome, everyone, to the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cimino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com. And with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Howdy. Howdy. That's not Christmas themed at all. You were up to the roll before. What happened? It's uh, too long in between. I don't know. My... That's not. We're not there yet. I'm on Christmas vacation, and my brain is checked out. So. Hey, okay, now you're back in my good graces. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah, That's all we sure. need. Merry Christmas to everyone. This is our official Christmas episode. It's coming out on Christmas. We could not have timed this better. Or if we get very few downloads, we could not have timed this worse. We did a pretty bad job, actually, there. (laughs) I think people, my my argument the whole time was that people on Christmas still want to download their podcast. They might not listen right away. (laughs) They still hit the buttons and hit the download, and they'll, they'll just have it ready to go for the day after or the week after. Well, I don't think anyone wants to hear about Christmas on December 26th. Perhaps with the exception of our special guest for this series. <laughs> True. That's a great point. Let's introduce him one more time as we wrap up Christmas month on the NREL Deep podcast. We have Sam Johnson here, Christmas aficionado, Christmas superstar. Hello, Sam. Guys, I'm, I'm so happy, happy to be here. I feel like <laughs> this is going to be a good one. This is it. This is, this is your coup de grace. This is your special moment. This is your time to shine. And uh, I think, as you noted before we started, this may be the uh, angriest you get at us in this whole series of podcasts we've recorded. That is definitely true. I'm also just really excited because we're so close to Christmas right now. I'm like really, <laughs> really getting excited. I uh, know it's really so. So we'll remove the veil and we'll say that this is recorded two days before Christmas. Obviously, we're not putting it out live, but. <coughs> This is this is Sam's time of year. This is his moment, and this is we are happy to have him for this episode, where we are talking about the last film in our Christmas month series, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, possibly the most beloved of the Christmas movies we've done in this series. Although it definitely one of the uh, it has become a sort of timeless classic, and it is on all the channels. It is well regarded by pretty much everyone, and I think that's why Sam is going to be so frustrated with us because we may poke a few holes in it. But before we get that far. Let's do beverage of choice one final time in Christmas month. I betrayed my statement previously when I said I would get a Christmas drink. I have a Smutty Nose Finest Kind IPA to be enjoying during this episode. But it is a drink, so that's in the spirit of Christmas. That's a good beer, too. Yes. I am drinking a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from Anchor Steam Brewing, um, which has a delightful bottle. Uh, And apparently they've done this 43 years in a row. And it, uh, this is from the label and they change the recipe every year. And this year it's kind of like this dark, a little bit of like cherry flavor. Uh, it's really good. I love it. Anchor Steam is great. Strong brewery. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm drinking a Sebago Brewing Company Fries Leap IPA, which is, uh, commonly referred to as Maine's legendary IPA. <laughs> wow. Is it really who, who commonly refers to it as that? The people of Maine? I think the people at Sebago Brewing Company. <laughs> okay, Susan, Susan Collins, maybe. <laughs> well, there you go. If any of those breweries, again, want to sponsor us, please just send us beer. We will certainly take it. We are getting, you are up to 40 people will hear this, yeah. certainly, and, and feel good about your beverage of choice. We so. will drink your beer regardless of how good it is, if it's free. <laughs> 
Yes. And we'll praise it to the heavens. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Absolutely. It That's yeah. what we do here on the Unreal Deep Podcast. What we also do, at least for this month, is talk about Christmas movies. Let's talk about Christmas Vacation. If you haven't seen it, that would be surprising. It is one of, like, as I said, is one of the more popular Christmas movies, especially this time of year. It's been on TV nonstop. But it is another tale of the Griswold family. Clark and Ellen and Audrey and Rusty. And this is their Christmas themed adventure. It is, I would, I regard this movie sort of, and I guess all of the vacations to a certain extent are like this, but it really is like a sort of a series of vignettes, like yeah. family themed vignettes. Like the, the, the really only glue that holds it together is it's Christmas time and everyone's coming to town. But th- there's not a lot of story here. There's not a lot of plot going on, which is fine. It's, you know, m- as Sam would probably know, many Christmas movies do not have expansive plots, and it's to their benefit. As Love actually noted, where it had 18 plots, and 13 <laughs> of them were god-awful, simplicity <laughs> is not always the worst thing with your Christmas movie. And this movie is definitely one of those. It is really, you know, it is a lot of Chevy Chase falling over and almost getting crushed or dying in some capacity. It is a lot of the, their neighbors, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband, getting their lives ruined by the Griswold family. <laughs> and it's a lot of Clark, you know, getting frustrated with his family members and showing restraint up until the moment when he explodes, which is a very strong vacation movie tradition as well, is the eventual Clark freak out. And <clears throat> then things get wrapped into a nice little bow at the end. Somehow, <laughs> despite other uh, legal issues and criminal activity, <laughs> and then they sort of, uh, everything works out just fine for the Griswolds. And in between, Cousin Eddie is around, and you know, Randy Quaid is one of the, not Randy Quaid, no, Randy Quaid, sorry. Randy Quaid is one not of Dennis the... Quaid. Uh, <laughs> not Dennis Quaid. Though it would be great if Dennis Quaid were to appear in these movies. <laughs> That's sort of a missed opportunity looking back. They never were able to get Dennis to just pop in for a second as another cousin. But <laughs> Yeah, so that's pretty much it for that. It's, if you've seen a vacation movie, you get the gist of it. And again, you've almost certainly seen this one. This is all over TV. And for a Christmas movie, you know, for for the, the bullet points, it, it hits a lot of the stuff Sam had talked about before. It does a very, it's, it's a very great background watch. But I know in, in talking to Andrew a little bit and not talking to Sam, because I'm sure he disagrees, It as a movie, watch, I've been watching it all the way through in quite a while, <laughs> and it does not really hold up, I would say, as as a good movie. And I don't know if we're holding it to that standard, but uh, you know, as as a podcast reviewer, I sort of feel like we have to in this regard. So I know Sam's probably like chomping at the bit, but I'll just say I generally agree. I think this is like, I think it's a good Christmas movie. I don't think it's a very good movie movie, and uh, I also think it's like it's because of what I noticed too that it. it in watching it in one sitting, um, that it, it, the vignette piece that you're talking about. And I feel like it's perfect for, um, for commercial breaks, basically, because viewing it in one long sitting, I was kind of like bored and just waiting for the parts that I remember that were, that are, that are really funny. Uh, but I, I feel like this is one area where commercials actually work in the favor of the, the movie. Uh, and that's, and that's, I think, the experience of most people watching this movie or rewatching it, you know, over the years is, is, is commercials, you're grabbing eggnog, you're cooking, you're doing whatever, you're wrapping presents, and, uh, and it like breaks up the movie. Uh, I, I, I think it's like, I think it's, it, it's, it's very, it, it's, it's got very good moments. Chevy Chase, like, I could kind of watch him, like, make weird facial expressions, like, you know, for all time. I think, I think this is the best set of Griswold kids because you've got Juliette Lewis and the guy from, um, Roseanne and Big Bang Theory. Um, 
<laughs> and I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I loved how I loved. I, I probably my favorite thing besides Randy Quaid in this movie is just the the merciless way in which it just shits all over yuppies. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus and her like unremarkable boy toy, uh, and like they just get shit on the entire. And there's no, there's no like, there's no like reconciliation or understanding of their perspective. It's just like their shit gets ruined, and that is hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't hate this movie by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't particularly enjoy watching it in one straight setting. I was kind of bored at, at moments. So, all right, let's unleash Sam and see. <laughs> Sam, how do you feel about all these words we just that came out of our mouths? I mean, I, I, I'm pretty upset. I'm trying to stay calm. Um, it's the I, holiday season. Please be yeah, calm. I don't. Uh... I don't know how you can call it a good Christmas movie, but then not a good movie movie. I don't know what would like bring it to the level of being a good movie movie, as you said. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I will say like when you put this movie on, you're like, this is the corniest shit that I've ever <laughs> watched, right? Yeah. But there is something so genuine about Chevy Chase's character and his motivations are so clear that for me, like you just get lost in it and like you get caught up in his uh, belief in what Christmas should be about. <laughs> and I just think that is like so incredible. Like not all it, it's, it's what truly makes it a classic, right? Like, so <clears throat> it hits on all my major themes of what makes a really great Christmas movie. Like, you have cynicism being punished. You have tons of... It's, it's almost all physical comedy. Uh, you have you have the boss, Scrooge, who gets redeemed. You have the bum, bumbling oaf protagonist. You have sort of like... Uh, something we were talking about previously, which is like not a... There's no real antagonist in this movie. Um, but... But it's really just a, a force of Christmas spirit coming through and like... And that is the entire point of the movie. It's it's so good. It does have a lot. Of, I do agree with that. Like it is like the the uh, negative elements, which is you know Brian Dola Murray as Clark's boss and his withholding of the uh, bonus that Clark is going to use for his pool is a very minor plot point in their whole movie. It is sort of an undercurrent, I guess, and you're sort of nervous for Clark. I guess sort of you want him you want him to go broke but it is it only comes to a head at the end then is resolved 10 minutes later and very resolved very succinctly and quickly too like brian brian yes. Bill murray instantly realizes the error of his ways with very little provocation besides being kidnapped and then decides to give the money out to everybody so that is but as you said sam maybe that's maybe that's also for the best when it comes to a christmas movie maybe it's not having like this pro this antagonist that is menacing or, or, or visible throughout sort of detracts from the whole christmas idea I think the only antagonist that you can really point to is cynicism and <laughs> growing old and getting caught up in things that aren't actually important, which, uh, like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think it's actually a really genuine point that this movie makes that, like, Clark Griswold, for all of his multitudinous flaws uh, and <laughs> complete ineptitude, he really cares. He, I mean, they say to the, they say to the beginning, like, He's yeah. the last true family man. Yeah. And literally all he wants out of Christmas is to have his family over and have it just be like, 
this ridiculous, amazing celebration. Like I, that is really motivation. Yeah, I, I, well, I fully agree with 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 what you're saying here, and I actually wrote in my notes. I'll read it for you, Sam. There's a strange poignancy and sadness to Clark Griswold in this movie, um, <laughs> which is well, the sadness is the what you're talking about is all he wants is everything to go well, and like just everyone shit keeps happening to the point that like literally shit is being flowed into, <laughs> into the sewer outside his house. And I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, just to, to clarify what I mean when I say it's a good Christmas movie, but not a good movie movie is sort of exactly what, uh, you yourself just admitted and Steve said, where it like, it wraps up like kind of clumsily. There's no antagonist really. Um, like it works great as like a series of Christmas vignettes. Would I ever watch this movie any other time of the year than Christmas? Absolutely not. Yes, uh, I will. I know that's where that's where we disagree. I would also say too, and I th- Sam, I think the reason, one of the reasons I think this is such a good choice for us to watch as the last movie in this Christmas month series is, you know, as you said, Clark is, you know, the last family man, as they call him. Like he's trying to <laughs> to create to reach this ideal Christmas that he has sort of in his head that he sort of thinks about, and you know, from his childhood, I guess. But then when he t- says to his father, like, you know, I can't. Uh, I can't believe this didn't go well. His father basically admits that, you know, yeah, it didn't go well when I was, you know, when I was younger. Like, he sort of reminds Clark that, that what he ever, whatever he's dreaming of or idolizing or pushing for is an impossibility that has never really happened anyway. And then when Clark is, like, wondering how his dad got through it, he's like, a lot of alcohol. So, <laughs> it's sort of nice that Clark is sort of brought down to earth by the realities of the situation, which is that Christmas is sort of a dream that everyone shoots for, but in reality, it's just a bunch of people in the room who get drunk and full and yell and trip over each other and cause a ruckus. And, like, that stick can still be lovely in its own way, but I thought it was very poignant given, Sam, your your love of Christmas and your commitment to the holiday, and then this movie that sort of brings it back down to earth and says, yes, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but just not for the reasons that we all hold it up. You know, it's a beautiful thing because it's nice to hang out with your family and friends. Yeah, it's beautiful and messy. Mm-hmm. I... I that that's what I love about. I, I mean, honestly, I love that about it's. This movie is so over the top and so unrealistic, right? But but it that it gets at the heart of the fact that like you know sometimes you like you you are in a Christmas frenzy and you're hanging out with people that maybe don't like each other and maybe you don't like them and everyone's <laughs> yelling at each other and things go wrong and people burn things and you know it's like that. If you can't embrace and love that about the holidays and understand that that is like, that even though you know all of those things are going to happen, that you still choose to like do the holidays is like, that is like, that is for me a big part of the joy, big part of the joy. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I would like to just echo that. I, I thought, I thought as it was sort of wrapping up, that this truly was the perfect movie for us to end on. For a couple of reasons. One, <clears throat> I think Clark Griswold is actually kind of a combination in some ways of Arthur Christmas and like Scrooge or one of the like sort of, um, he's, he's got the, like you sort of said, Steve, he's got the kind of like wonder of Christmas and wants everything to go right in this I- idealized version of Christmas. And then he's like, like by the end when he realizes he's not going to get his Christmas bonus and he, he's just like angry at everyone and tells them all off, you know? Um, so it was like a perfect, to me, it was like a perfect balance of like the characters we've talked about. And then the second thing that I thought was perfect was that we spent a lot of time in the first 
two movies talking about British people celebrating Christmas, and this movie literally ends with a Star Spangled Banner, and it is so American and not British. <laughs> it is so, so it was a great choice for that reason. Go go USA! Um, <clears throat> it was a great, great one to great one to finish on. AJ, frankly, what you were saying about the first part about how like he tells everyone off is re- also ridiculously midwestern so <laughs> it, it's like such a midwestern way to behave but um yeah i i i really love that we went from two extremely british movies to literally the most american thing that we could that we that uh, christmas movie that we so american there's an rv in it i mean you can't get any more american than <laughs> suburbia i mean I, it's crazy yeah, attempting to cheat on your wife, sort of, while buying things. I'm amazed that all the vacation movies include Clark coming close to, or at least strongly contemplating, cheating on his wife with some babe. And this one, the babe actually shows him her like upper thigh. That was like a shocking moment. I was like, what? Why is she? Why is she in the store showing her upper thigh to Clark Griswold? Like, what a! I guess I understand why he's so tempted. She's really laying it on thick. What is Clark Griswold even doing though? He's like already punching way above his weight with Beverly D'Angelo. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is Al Pacino, I should say. Formerly. He's just a horny guy. He just can't say. He just can't <laughs> turn it away. You know. So, so uh, much temptation at his doorstep. Sam, I have to go back to the Midwestern thing because uh, it may be a perfect uh, representation of the Midwestern character, but I want to talk about the opening scene um, because I just I want to know how far, as as our embedded Illinois correspondent, how far you think the Griswolds had to drive from Illinois to find their Christmas tree in the beginning of the movie. Well. It depends on which suburb they live in. Because uh, <laughs> if they live in like a northwest suburb, then it could be like 30 minutes to Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, I was like, I was a little bit, of all of the unbelievable things that happened in like the first 10 minutes of this movie, I, I wasn't like, oh my God, he got under a tractor trailer and then and then survived. <laughs> it was like, these, these hills are too big for yeah. anyone. <laughs> it was like I know that when you leave Chicago, all it is is cornfields for uh, like two-hour radius, uh, if not longer. So yeah, I have no idea, man. I, I'm pretty sure they like filmed that in Colorado or something. Yeah, I was. I did not remember any of the beginning at all. I didn't remember the weird. I don't. The theme song. I, it's one of those things that I didn't remember it. And now that I like walk around in bathrooms and malls and like, you know, places yeah. where Christmas music is playing, it's it's playing in every Christmas every place I go to now. And I'm like, oh, this is the Christmas vacation theme. How did I miss this my entire life? Yeah, I. You know, I, I think that like what you guys were saying about vignettes, and I, I, I honestly I don't know if I agree with you on that because I think there are like some cohesive things that get pulled through uh, from start to finish in the plot. But like the whole first part is like is a vignette that like is not tied at all to the rest of the movie really, except for when they just like snip the rope on the tree and it blows out all of its windows. But like that first ten fifteen minutes of the movie is like it, it, it has no connection to the rest of the plot. Other than establishing that Clark Griswold is in for a rough ninety minutes, basically, and, and yeah. is an insane person, yeah, and, and is insane to go along. Christmas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. which obviously Sam can relate to, yeah. 
Absolutely. I will say it's this is you know the super a Chevy Chase vehicle too, and yeah, to Chevy, and Chevy really holds the movie together as as a comedic element. Like like you said, Andrew, he's so good at making. It's not even, I, sometimes a lot of times it's not even his faces; it's his deadpan face when things go awry. Like he never every, every face that Chevy makes as Clark Griswold implies that what is happening is exactly what he meant to happen in that moment. You know, it's never he can never admit that something has gone awry. He's always just like, uh huh, yeah, this is this is what I wanted, no matter what is going on, and it's very. <laughs> enjoyable it makes it makes going on this ride with with uh the griswolds a lot better to have chevy sort of manning the helm and being weird for all of us yeah i can't even i refuse to recognize that ed helms tried to do this role i mean i like ed helms but like no he's not chevy is the only guy that can do this like because honestly Clark, clark griswold is like kind of an asshole who just suppresses those tendencies constantly which is yeah. like if you know anything about chevy chase is like kind of perfect i mean you know, and that plus well, his, his facial expressions and physical comedy and that stuff. That stuff. I mean, can I just say that like that is also the key to living in the Midwest? <laughs> <laughs> you can be a total asshole, but as long as you suppress those tendencies, like most of the time, except for when you're really upset, uh, it's it's cool with everyone. Sam, can I guess what your favorite scene in this movie was? Absolutely. I really hope you're right because I I was I wanted to talk about it next. It time. seems unlikely that it'd be anything but the scene where Ruby Sue is talking to Clark about Santa Claus in the kitchen late at night. Yeah, I you know, I was I was, <laughs> I love I love that scene. I think it's super it's, It definitely cuts it, it definitely ties it, you know, to the to the emotions of the holidays more than the well, most of the movie is hijinks and, you know, and family antics and such. That was the one I feel like if, if there was a true heart to the movie, it was contained in that scene. So I think that that like it brings it back for the viewer at that point that like, oh, this is why he's doing all of these insane things, right? Like because he just wants to make sure that everyone has a great Christmas and the Ruby Sue scene is a is a great embodiment of that. The other one that I think does that is when he gets trapped in the attic, yeah. <laughs> and he like puts on his wife's clothes and then watches his old movies and is like, sort of like bathing in nostalgia for like two hours while everyone goes shopping. And then it, it's this is what makes this movie amazing, right? It's like you have this super poignant scene, which is like where Clark is essentially crying. And the end of it is just him falling out of the attic, right? <laughs> like, 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 uh, like, uh, his wife just pulling the thing down. And there's no talk about, like, what he was doing in the attic. <laughs> like, like, no, nothing. Like, it's not <laughs> talked about beyond that. And, I, but for me, it's just so, I, maybe it speaks to your vignette thing a little bit. But for me, it's just like, that was so, such a charming scene and a real encapsulation of the movie. I think it's good too because, like, like you said, it um it allows Clark to get emotional and and genuine, but not in front of people. Like he sort of has to keep that not not stiff upper lip, but he has to keep that midwestern you know stoicness about him. He can't he can't show emotion. He can't really tell his kids that he loves them. He even even you know even when the the big reveal or the big conversation we're talking about with Ruby Sue is Eddie's daughter. It's not one of his kids. Yeah. With his kids, he has to be the dad who's getting everything right, and then to his to his uh, his niece, he can he can be honest with her and explain Christmas and what he's trying to accomplish, and like that's good. I think that that, that is very genuine with the character and the setting and all of those things as well, which is a nice touch. What uh, what is so weird about this this confuses me to this day about the Midwest, right? Is like <laughs> is like he feels like he can't be emotional and he feels like he can't talk, but when 
he is disappointed. Like when he when the lights won't go on and he's like, "What the hell is going on?" and he's gonna check all the bulbs. Like his whole fan, everyone is so nice to him, and like he is allowed to show emotion. You are allowed to show weakness, and like, but for some reason, there's this mentality that like you have to. It's it's some weird extension of a stiff upper lip that's translated to uh, Midwestern culture, but it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why people don't act. Why people act that way? I really don't. So it's a brilliant encapsulation of the Midwest, then. <laughs> I it, it I think. Well, it, I mean, it's it's pitch perfect in that regard. I mean, so, the line sweatshirt, the Griswold <clears throat> hockey jersey. Like, I, I mean, there's so much. It's just so perfectly Chicago suburbs. I did want to talk about that for a second because I don't know. I did a little reading about the National Lampoon series, and uh, I didn't know this, but John Hughes originally wrote. He wrote the original Vacation, or it was based off of an article that John Hughes wrote. Uh, the original Vacation movie was. Um, so I was thinking a lot about that while I was once I figured that out a- after I watched the movie. Because um, <clears throat> obviously John Hughes gets the Midwest, specifically like Chicagoland, like better than anyone else, like artistically, I would say. And um, So I was just thinking about all that. Uh, but then, like, okay, so to bring it back to our discussion, like, to me, John Hughes also wrote Home Alone, and, like, Home Alone, they're not direct comparison points, but, like, in terms of, like, a, a movie, like, a, a more coherent movie, less a series of vignettes, like, Home Alone works better for me, personally. Which is why, like, if I was doing my Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies, this one would just not quite, quite make it. You know, it's just not, it's just not... It's not, um, you're, you're, a lot of things you're saying, Sam, are kind of winning me over. I kind of want to go back and watch this movie with commercials <laughs> now. <laughs> but, but I still, I still say, like, I still can't shake the feeling that when I wa- actually watched this in one sitting without any commercials and was really paying attention, that I was, like, kind of bored for a while. Like, not large stretches, but definitely, like, significant portions. I guess. Yeah, Andrew, I have the same thought. Like, I, I expected to come on here and be a total Grinch and have Sam get real bothered and get put up my armor and go to war with him. But And because when I watch this, I watch this on a plane and I sat there and watched it straight through and it was, I was bored out of my mind by the end. Like, well, that's not because the end actually has, is the parts I remember. So I was enjoying it by then. But the first, you know, hour or so, I drifted in and out and just was not very entertained. And hearing Sam talk about it with enthusiasm and even us just talking about it and batting it around, I do see there's a lot of things alike it's uh, i can see why it has grown on people more than anything i can see why the first time you watch it you're like whatever that's boring and like you get like you guys both said i if you watch it out of context out of christmas season it would just be unwatchable but in the season you know when you have fond memories of it you recall those five scenes that really matter like i think that makes it great but i also agree with andrew 100 percent in that home alone is a better movie and home alone is off the line as well but i think home alone is is really for what it is, is is really great from start to finish and this one it, it deserves to be cut up into commercials and edited for for time and such it's a really weird thing to say like to, i don't understand to... the i don't understand the analogy between home alone i don't, I don't understand the comparison between home alone and this movie well there, there's not a great comparison between them but they're both they're, they're both the based book. on john hughes john hughes's work or okay. or directly written by john hughes and they're both, they both deal with like family and Christmas time in the Chicago area. But really what I'm invoking it is, as is an example of a Christmas movie that I think has more, um, narrative 
thrust, basically. Like, it, it's much more watchable in one sitting, uh, like, straight through, as a movie that sort of, like, tells a story steadily and, and keeps you interested. Uh, whereas, again, I think Christmas Vacation is, like, it really does feel like a series of sketches <laughs> in some way. Like, I, I don't know, like, it, it, I, I, I don't want to under, undercut it or undersell it, because I think you're right, Sam, that there is, like, there's thematic consistency across throughout the movie i just don't think from a storytelling from a plot perspective that it's 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 um that it has it's flawed basically but sam save you agree with me here i think this is you know love actually we derided it because it barely <laughs> leans on christmas or uses christmas at all you know christmas was involved in several of the stories sometimes just out of necessity or out of you know a, a desire to sort of make it all fit to some extent or have that cohesive element i think though christmas vacation i don't think is a very good movie i think it uses christmas as the sort of tying together theme extremely well like i think it is you know it it, it knows what it is entirely it is all within the same vein. I don't think every moment is great. I think a lot of it you can look away or go to the bathroom during. But I think it is, in terms of a Christmas movie, in terms of a rewatchable film on TV that hits at the spirit of what you've been trying to push and talk to us about in all these episodes, I think there's no better example of a of a movie that, that touches on all those sort of elements. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's impossible to disagree with. And it's impossible. <laughs> There's literally no way to disagree with that. Thank you. That's great. I hit it. I nailed I mean, it in one. And, and Juice, I, I, AJ, I, I hear what you're saying about Home Alone having a better narrative structure. Uh, well, it has a narrative structure. Even for me, like, I, just my phone, <laughs> I looked at my phone like an hour through, and like I was sort of like doing some stuff on my phone, and I probably missed like five or ten minutes of the movie. But like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was doing stuff, you know, like yeah. Uh, so was I. So it's why it's like if I'm well, doing like, that, but, but, the movie's okay. not very effective. Okay, okay, okay. But that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about, right? So Home Alone, yes, okay, stronger narrative structure. Home Alone is is a absolutely classic movie. This movie is more strongly tied to Christmas and the Christmas spirit than Home Alone is, and so it's how you uh, value. I don't know about uh, that. It, it's how uh, it there the main. <laughs> is an embodiment of the Christmas spirit. He fights tooth and nail. He never gives up. Like, Kevin, the final scene is super poignant, right, with his mom. What? But, like, Clark Griswold fights for Christmas, and specifically for Christmas, the in- for the entire movie. Like, literally from start to finish. That's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to end up talking about the war on Christmas here? <laughs> Clark is on the front lines, if there is one. we know Clark that Griswold, sure. vanguard of the war on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, like, if if uh, if, if uh, Clark Griswold's neighbors, neighbors were Jewish, this would be a very racially charged <laughs> I did take, I did say in my notes that but I think both Clark and Eddie would find common ground in, in enjoying Donald Trump at this point in time. Were they were they real people who are alive at this point? I think they would that's where they would find a bond in, in that regard. Clark loves his nostalgia. Eddie's a veteran, he stands for the pledge. Like, you know, I think they'd have a lot in common there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there are a decent amount of Donald Trump voters in the in the suburbs of Illinois, so <laughs> But 
yeah, Sammy, I agree with you. I think that is. I, I think it's a it's a weird way to put it because like when we talk about movies of narrative structure, we have examples. That is like a defined thing. This is like sort of the Sam rule of Christmas movies, which is a less defined scale that we are learning about as we go. So it's harder to necessarily apply to it. But I still think I I, I think I see your point, and I think humble. I I think this is. For what it is, is is the perfect encapsulation of what we've tried to talk about during Christmas month. Is is what makes these movies a, a sort of genre on their own? What makes them valuable? What makes them interesting beyond being good movies? Because I think we we all concede that they're that as you know critically discussed and considered, many of them are not. But there's some intangible element that a lot of them have yeah. that re- that makes them stick around despite you know noticeable flaws. I will say one other thing too, like, well, two other things. One is like, I, I'm not like negging Christmas vacation. I just, for me, it's like, there's <laughs> like, there's a, well, a little bit, but to me, there's like, there's, if I was going to break my Christmas movies into tiers, this one would be like tier two. It's, it's one I'd happily watch, but it's not like every year I really need to see this movie or I really want to see this movie. It's, it's just falls just below that. Um, and like so 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 that's not like a that's i'm not i'm not shitting all over the movie and saying that i i also have very sort of relative to you sam i have pretty strict standards like the tier one movies there aren't many in there for me um so i i don't know like i'm trying not to like I'm, i'm probably coming off like the grinch here but like i just i i don't like i don't think it's like the worst thing in the world for me to say christmas vacation I like but don't love. Like I that's which that's basically where I came down here. And and you talked me into some some elements here in, in talking through it that I, I didn't really feel that way when I was actually watching the movie, but I, I sort of sort of look back more fondly on it. Which I think is the reason this movie is as beloved as it is. Uh are you saying are you saying that your heart grew three sizes today? <laughs> Maybe just one. Maybe just one size. But it definitely grew a little Let's bit. Let's not go overboard, right? It definitely grew a little bit. <laughs> Sam, hopefully your goal in getting us on these and do us is to have our have a heart grow at least a little bit of size. So and and you and I have found common ground and Andrew has found a little common ground. I think that's a win, right? I I mean and also I came off my pedestal a lot on Love Actually. You did. So we all we all sort of came together, which is which is not a certainty as Christmas vacation made very clear that you know there's no guarantee that you all find common ground in every moment, but you can all take a step back and enjoy the lights and the majesty and the love and all that kind of stuff. You know what? Which, we're, we're basically doing is holding hands around the tree like the Who's down yeah. in Whoville right now. <laughs> we're all in different states and different parts of the country, but we're all holding hands virtually yeah. for sure. And hopefully, all of our listeners are holding hands as well and basking in this beautiful moment. <laughs> I just, oh, oh, the other thing I was going to say too, I actually wanted to go, I want to go back and now apply my logic on commercials to other Christmas movies. Specifically, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that a Christmas story might also fall into the same camp. And I love a Christmas story, I think but right I have a feeling that it might, it might be more of a, like, if I actually sat down with like the Blu-ray copy and watched it straight, I, it might, I still think it's better than Christmas Vacation, but that's another movie, oh. specifically a movie <clears throat> where I feel like, um, it might be one of those movies that's like enhanced by the commercial breaks in them. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure about that, but I think there are other Christmas movies that might be this way. 
I think that makes perfect sense. It's like, you know, there, there's a weird sort of dynamic that, like, time and place really matter sometimes. Like, if you hear, sometimes yeah. you hear a song on the radio, yeah. you're like, yeah, I love this song on the radio, but you would never put it on personally, right. you know? Like, sometimes it really matters where and when it comes across your eyes and your ears. And I think that in this in this season, in these sort of movies, definitely appeal to us in the way, and plus we grew up with them in that way, too, you know? Like, we... We, we didn't put on Christmas Vacation. It was on, you know, TNT or TBS or Freeform. Like, it, it, you know, it just it, it just makes a difference. And I, th- I think that's a very fair point, Andrew. I, I think that's your – you should write a, th- a thesis paper about that. I'd be intrigued to read it. Not going to do that, but I like, – <laughs> this, this is my thesis paper. What's weird about this movie being on Christmas so much is that there's a, a str- there's a good amount of profanity in it, right? Yes. And the use of profanity – also, another key Midwest characteristic characteristic is and, is important. Uh, like it, it's super important that when they use very limited profanity. Yeah, and when it comes out in the explosion, in the famous Clark Griswold explosion that everyone quotes <laughs> incessantly, or at least I saw it on so many away messages around Christmas time when I was a kid on AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, nice aim, <laughs> RIP aim. <laughs> Lindsay's brother has a T-shirt with it on it. <laughs> That's a long t-shirt. Does it go down to like his knees? Yeah, it's like a bedtime shirt. Is that Cam, Cam or Kip? It doesn't really matter. They're Cam. both they're both Cam. Cam. Yeah, they're both supremely Midwestern, but Cam makes the most sense there. Cam is the closest person to Clark Griswold that I know. <laughs> would, he, would Cam take that as a compliment or a detriment? I think is. I mean, he has one of the moose. Uh, you, you know what he's drinking the eggnog out of with Eddie. Oh, oh my gosh. He has that that uh, that glass. And I, whether or not he takes it as a compliment, I mean it as a compliment. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope Cam listens to this and gets gets warm in his heart at your description of him, Sam. That'd be great. So, <laughs> I, I hope he does too, because sometimes I feel like he's the last family man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful uh, sentiment. Let's, we should. I think we. I think that's a good place as any to wrap up here. Does anyone have any final thoughts on Christmas Vacation or on Christmas movies in general? Yeah. I, ha- I have to empty the notebook. Uh, Please do. Just a couple things. First of all, and Sam will appreciate this as we're both uh, uh, Maine natives. <clears throat> I was pretty excited that Clark Griswold was wearing an L.L. Bean flannel early in the movie. Sam, I hope you caught that. Although they've oh. t- they've tightened up. It's our it's the uh, the Scotch tartan that we all all of us have in our family. I was pretty excited by that. Um, oh, I How did I not notice that? Oh, I I don't know. Um, I love. I love when Be- Beverly D'Angelo calls um, Clark Sparky. That's like my favorite thing. And, Great nick. And uh, <laughs> I thought they they deployed um, Meli Kalikimaka perfectly with the pool and everything, and that's one of my favorite Christmas carols, so I was super excited about that. Um, and I also love Chevy Chase singing Joy to the World in his like, throaty voice. It's just That just killed me. So that, that's my emptying of the notebook. Good stuff. <laughs> That was strong. Beverly D'Angelo, can we just touch on her? She is just fantastic. Oh, Sam sounds like he has a crush. She's so good. I, we were talking about this right before, but I love her in Vegas Vacation, too. She's she's so beautiful. She is Mrs. Al Pacino for a brief time, or maybe more than a brief time, but... Uh, a, a time, nonetheless, a relationship. Oh, it's seven years. That's a pretty good chunk of time, and they have twins. Time, yeah. That's like oh. a has... eon with Al. I, mean, I, feel like. <laughs> I would love to spend seven years can with you, Al. That, would, that sounds being, like a dream. Can you, imagine, can you imagine being married to someone that overacts that much? Oh my god. I don't believe they were married. I think they were just partners. Oh, well, still, 
spending a lot of time with someone that overacts that much. That's a rough period of Al, too. 96 <laughs> to 2003, that's not peak Ooh. Al, so but that's a little bit of a downer. That's literally, like, on his very precipitous dis- decline. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, she probably didn't have much. Maybe that's why they, Maybe that's why it didn't work out. He, you know, nothing, not as much to praise as he might like. Are we going to blame Beverly D'Angelo for that? Ooh, I would never do that. That would be so mean. Steve would have to recognize that Al Pacino declined at all as an actor. So. Yeah, well, and this so. isn't the Al Pacino podcast. I yeah. just wanted we just wanted to make reference yeah. to a great man on this don't, wonderful holiday. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, any final thoughts on Christmas? You are a Christmas guest. You've been amazing. We've loved having you here. Indeed. Have you have any? You know, how does this all? What, what do you now that Christmas is pretty much here? What are your thoughts on these movies? You've obviously presumably watched more than just these ones we've enjoyed, these three. How does it all sit with you? Uh, any any parting thoughts for our for our listeners? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched a ton of movies. I've watched a ton of Christmas movies, like more than uh, you would even expect, probably. <laughs> um, I expect a lot, too. I expect like 12. Is it more than that? Uh, it's probably right around that number. Well, right. no, I think it's higher than that. No, no. <laughs> yeah, death higher. Uh, <laughs> Just because, you know, you're on the bus, you maybe would pop on Charlie Brown Christmas or something. Sure. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I have definitely gotten what I wanted out of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was really happy to make Andrew love uh, watch Love Actually. Uh, not Love Love Actually. Uh, that was really a gratifying moment as a younger brother. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I, it was re- it was also very gratifying to, uh, you know, use my bullhorn to uh, be an evangelist about Arthur Christmas, which is you know, <laughs> criminally underrated. Um, and I think that like this was really the cherry on top. Uh, talking about Christmas vacation, it's been it's been a <laughs> fantastic journey with you guys. Um, but it, I I feel like I've uh, I've moved your viewpoints a little bit and potentially made you slightly less scroogey um uh, without losing any of my own you know uh uh childhood wonder so it, it it's been <laughs> yeah, it's been, yeah well, hold on hold on though we did we did move the needle on love actually the other way though right so yeah but love actually is rated r and i saw that when i was like 20 years old okay, so i'm just saying steve and i accomplished what we needed to then yeah okay all right if you want to take that as your like uh mission accomplished on the deck of an aircraft carrier you can have it we'll take what we can get sam i don't think we expect to sway you at all so i look fine i'm glad that we i'm glad that i'm glad my, my two cents on this whole thing is i'm glad that i got to see some movies that were not ones i necessarily would watch uh in full which is you know the way you should watch a movie in theory so it was good to do that and it was good to like hearing sam's like his wonder and his enjoyment of these and how genuine it is made me realize that you know it's you know andrew and i get on here and sometimes we praise things sometimes we critique things but there is there is a time and a place and a a setting and a circumstance where certain movies rise above their their lot in life and 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 become something more and something special and <laughs> you can't always quantify that oh it sounds like you made andrew sick with all these christmas movies but no, <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's but it, it's been nice to hear that for you know and sam I, I think you're entirely the cause of that and i think that our listeners will get that strongly as well that you really do love this stuff unabashedly and i think that's something we could use more of as people is just enjoying something for example 
exactly what it is, expecting no more, and and getting a lot out of it, and and getting you know wringing every drop out of it. And I think that's a very uh, enjoyable pursuit and something we could all pause on and, and probably do more of in our everyday lives. Is find that thing that makes us happy and just love it. Here, here, Felice Navidad. <laughs> Also, my wife is like just so upset with you both. Uh, <laughs> love actually podcast. She's she's like she's back from London and ready to fight. She was like threatening to uh, like rush into the room and call you guys Grinches during this uh, this episode of the podcast if you were gonna too hard on Christmas vacation. But uh, she hasn't she hasn't followed through on her threats. But she's like uh, Get me on next Christmas. Well, she I- wants to be the guest. Ask ask Lindsay if we're wrong. That's what I'll that's what I'll say about that. We're not she wrong. You're definitely wrong. Yeah, just, she can't build build a good argument though that we're wrong. <laughs> Sam, it sounds like she's the perfect lady for you though. So that's the most important thing is you found a real gem there that that knows you so well and and, and, and thinks you make thinks you're the that you're making perfect sense. So that's what matters. I'll tell you what. I'm not watching Love Actually again. <laughs> I don't. I would never ask you to. So that's the, if that happens, it'll come from ever, another evil source. Like ever, AJ. You, you ever. shouldn't. You shouldn't say ever. Ever. He's saying it. Wow. Okay. Unless I get paid or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm right. If we get paid, I'll watch all sorts of things. Yeah. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> As with the beer comment earlier, if I, if I'm paid to do it, then yeah, I'll do anything. Richard Curtis, if you Venmo us twenty dollars, we will rewatch your movie and sure. perhaps find something to like this time. So plus plus rental costs. So. Yes, yeah, plus four ninety nine or whatever, three ninety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, thank thanks everyone. Ooh, any final thoughts? No, I'm good. No thoughts. Okay. Well, then I'm going to thank everyone who's been with us through this little journey through Christmas month up until Christmas itself. We are we're so happy to have you download and listen. It has been really fun. Sam Johnson has been a wonderful special guest. I want to thank him so much for coming on and entertaining us and filling our hearts with Christmas joy. I want to thank Andrew Johnson for being a wonderful co-host with me and watching a movie that he hated and knowing he was going to hate it. And he has very little free time and he powered through it all. <laughs> anyway. And that means a lot. We all make sacrifices at Christmas time and he made a very big one. So, Sam, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Of course, it was my pleasure. And uh, I want to thank the millions of fans of the In Real Deep podcast <laughs> for making this possible. <laughs> If only it was a just world, Sam, we would have millions of fans. But we're going to get there. And when, when they dig up these archives someday, they're going to come back to these and say, oh my gosh, this is why we're millions of fans now, because of stuff like this. We've left a record for history. For all time. <laughs> Andrew, Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. Thank you as always for coming on. We really appreciate it. Likewise, I'll just share that uh, we just hung the stockings downstairs and Anna called them Santa boots. So that's what... <laughs> That's what I'm dealing with. I'm I'm dealing with extreme cuteness around around Christmas. That's adorable. That's adorable. We're gonna let you get back to that cuteness. We're gonna let everyone get back to their Christmas, whether it's happening today or if you're a few days after and still relaxing. As always, thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Santa soon will come our way. Santa soon will come our way. Ain't little reindeers with a sleigh. Santa 